Spoon, City Postmaster, at your service. Little Orange Bird, Little Orange Bird, in the Sunshine Tree, in the Sunshine Tree. Soon as I find a ladder, I'll be right up. <laughs> Boy, this is gonna be swell. W Radio, your information station. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 441, and I'm here once again to help you have the best possible Disney vacation experience and bring you a little bit of Disney magic with this podcast, videos, blog, my live broadcasts on Facebook every Wednesday night, my books, audio tours, special events, and more. You can find everything over at www.radio.com and subscribe to the podcast in iTunes. So I'm going to open up the inbox again this week and answer more of your questions, including customizing your magic band, going alone to Walt Disney World, touring while pregnant, ordering from the kids menu, the reluctant dragon in the parks, dining as a local, and much more. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week and pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Hong Kong Disneyland prize package Then stay tuned to the end of the show for your voicemails and more information about upcoming meets of the month in Walt Disney World and special events on the road. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. This show has always been about you. It's for you and about you and sometimes by you because so many of you have actually been on the show as guests. But really, WW Radio is all about helping you to appreciate the parks, to look closer, to to go slower, to eat more. And I want to help you not just in an overreaching sense, but really individually as well. That's why I answer every email I get myself and every tweet and every Facebook post and why I invite you to be part of this show by sending in your questions. I asked, you answered, and the inbox is overflowing once again. So now it's time for me to turn things around. You ask me questions. It's time for me to answer them as I open up the inbox on this week's listener email show. And joining me once again, as always, to share her knowledge and her sage wisdom is a woman who can't choose between Team Tony Stark or Team Captain America simply because she just doesn't know where Thor sits. She is, of course, <laughs> Becky Mankin from MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. It's funny because it's true. It, it is kind of funny, but it's true. But then again, when Civil War comes out, I'm going to be able to tell you what side I'm on. I can tell you what side I'm on right now. It's know, very simple. Captain America. Aren't nope. you? you are no. Captain America. No. What? I'm Team Underoos, baby. I am Team, team Underoos all the way. I may or may not be recording in my Spider-Man Underoos right now. I will leave that to your imagination, or I probably shouldn't. When are we going to turn? We should turn these into videos. I, I mean, imagine what could happen. 
<laughs> I have a uh, I have a face made for podcasting. But look, I am on Team Underoos, um, and I'm sporting my Spider-Man Underoos I, I right now. That was an option. I it, not it's absolutely an option. Right oh, I'm so excited! I can't. I just, I've, <laughs> I've waited this for that moment for a long time. All right. Since I used to watch Spider-Man in 1969, like since 1970. Never mind. Anyway, I, I've digressed. We have to get to the inbox, and I'm just praying that there's questions about Marvel and or Spider-Man. But the first question is actually about magic bands. And Brittany says, I'm going on a trip in September and just got my magic band. Congratulations. I dig the new purple one, by the way. Oh, um, but I have seen, she has seen, so many different ideas for decorating the magic bands everywhere. I actually decorated an old magic band that I had from a previous trip, she says. However, we're all out of magic bands from that old trip. Mine was the only one not showing as activated. I was also the only one to decorate mine. So I didn't know if, if anybody had done any research about safe ways to decorate a magic band without messing up the technology inside. Or is it just a better idea not to decorate them? Thanks so much, Brittany. Brittany, I um, I fully believe in and encourage you to personalize the magic band, right? Make it your own. Disney has started to do the same by selling a lot of different accessories, whether they are sliders or stickers or uh, different sort of magic band covers. Uh, I actually, for a long time, have really liked and recommended the covers that are made by a company called Magic Your Band dot com. Uh, they do some really neat things. They have what they call skins, which are I don't know what they're made of. Some sort of magical, <laughs> some sort of magical uh, um, thing that 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 goes over the. It stretches over onto the magic band, but they're really, really durable. I guess it's sort of like a like a like a vinyl, but they have all different types of designs on them. More importantly, you can personalize the magic band to whatever you want. So if you want to make it with people's names, if you have a group, if you have a family, but they have. I want to say dozens, if not hundreds of different designs, whether they're for the holidays or ones that sort of give the look and feel of uh, of some Disney attractions or some Disney theming. I will also make a uh, a shameful, shameless plug. We also do have WDW Radio Magic Band covers, which I also uh, which I give out at uh, meetups and events and for uh, trivia contest prizes. But I've also seen on, for example, the WDW Radio blog, a number of people have found some really unique and creative ways to decorate the bands and really make them their own, which I think Becky adds a neat little, uh, not only personalization aspect, but a collectability aspect of it too. Because now when you come home from your trip, you can hang that band up and I've seen people display them in some really unique ways. And that, you know, like for a long time, you'd used to collect your key to the world cards. Now you sort of collect the magic band covers for those individual individual trips that maybe helps you remember, you know, what you did or where you went or who you went with. Absolutely. And a lot of people have used them as memories. So every time that they go, they theme it for something, uh, something um, along those lines. So as they decorate their band, it's themed. And then later on, they have this wonderful uh, garland, basically, of magic bands and all the memories that they had of their trips. I have seen people use nail polish, glitter, Sharpies, pretty much anything to decorate their magic bands. And I wouldn't doubt by now if Instagram didn't have boards just all on uh, decorating your magic band because it is the in thing. And then yeah, you come and out with, 
Sorry, and it, it's it's really neat to see how creative you are. Of course, it's frustrating for me because I don't have the creative. You know, it's like seeing pins on Pinterest of like the cool Olaf cupcakes, and then you try and make them at home, and it looks like <laughs> just a giant like melted snowball. Yeah, that's the Pinterest failure board. You've seen those, right? <laughs> <laughs> we kind of need those for what we're trying. I am definitely not a, a crafty individual when it comes to putting stuff together. The only thing that I've read, and I don't know how true this is because she talks about messing with the technology inside. Some people have said that it's best not to cover the actual Mickey head or anything on there that's, that has the direct contact to the touch point. I don't know how true that is, but it does seem It depends logical. on the material, um, because I do have the ones from Magic Your Band and the W Radio. They, they sell them as, as two-piece or single-piece, and the single-piece does cover the Mickey head, but the material that they use does allow it to work um, no problem. And the neat thing that they do, if you are like me and have zero ability to design and create your own stuff, they have this really neat interface on your browser that allows you to add images and add text and you can put pictures of your family or your cat or your dog or you know whatever <laughs> but you can put your names and stuff on them too so it's neat to get them and then give them out to your family when you go or i've seen people use them to uh surprise their that's how they sort of announce the the trip and they're they're not uh expensive at all they're just a few dollars each very cool. Well, they've just given us another thing to have to collect and get, <laughs> right. get creative on and, um, and of course, to put WDW Radio and Maybe I might have to do some of those. Hmm. There you go. And by the way, Brittany, since you asked the question and I shamelessly plugged, if you send me your address, I will send you a bunch of WDW Radio Magic Band covers for your upcoming Aww. trip. How nice go. of you today. What a great way to start oh, out. It wasn't even about food or booze at all. I so know, we're good. but listen, I told you, <laughs> Brittany's a friend whether we've met yet or not. So I'm, I'm happy to send her a Magic Band cover. All right. Cool. Uh, let's see. Murphy Martin asks a next question. He says, hey, Lou, first, I want to say it was great to finally meet you in New Orleans. You were super nice talking to all of us one on one. And thank you for being so nice. Listen, I, that, I have to. You don't need to thank me for being nice. We should all be nice all the time. It's it's sad that we have to thank people for being nice, but it was so nice to meet you as well. You make being nice easy. But on to the reason for my email. I'm making a solo trip to Walt Disney World in April. I'm a DVC member. I've been a lot, but always with my family. But this time, I'm going it alone. What would be some of the ordinary? What would be some out of the ordinary things I could do while they're solo? I'm super excited to hear that Rivers of Life will be starting that week. Next time you and Becky do a fan question show, like now, please give me some advice or email me back. Becky, we sure miss you in New Orleans, but you and Lou shows are always my favorites. Thanks again, Murphy Aww. Martin. See, I just told you how much we missed you in New Orleans, gave you a lot so of love sweet. in your absence. I was so bummed not to be there. You guys look like you had a fabulous time, and I would have loved that type of cheering. Looked oh, like my that kind had of your cheering. name. Listen, as we were sipping on our Bloody Marys, waiting for the runners to go by, I'm like, this <laughs> is Becky's type of event. So all we get on it when we do the other ones is like bottled water. Yay us! No. I, I was all missing that whole. All right, anyway, I, um, I, I digress. To, it's one of the many reasons why I fell in love with uh, New Orleans, and we will be back next year. <laughs> I promise you. Circle February 5th on your calendar. Anyway, um, so Murphy, I will tell you, I have been. And I know Becky has as well a frequent solo travel to Walt Disney World. When I lived in New Jersey, I did it quite often. And you'd get some people who are like, what are you, crazy, man? Like, you're going to Disney by yourself? And obviously, I'm not friends with those people anymore. But I think there are a ton of advantages to going to Walt Disney World on your own. I'll actually link in the show notes. Um, a week or two ago on the WW Radio blog, one of our writers, Blake Taylor, did a really neat article called 
oddly enough, visiting Walt Disney World by yourself and talks about some of the different things that you can do and the advantages like spending less time in line and you can stake, it's easier to stake out spots for shows and I loved being able to go at my own pace and if you change your mind, you want to go in a different direction, everybody else isn't going to freak out because it's not what they want to do and I think that you make some really neat memories while you're alone too and gives you the freedom and flexibility to try some of those things that maybe other people don't want to do, whether it's an attraction or going to a show or taking the afternoon off or just sitting on a bench eating, you know, popcorn for a little while. Um, I think you're asking for, for out of the ordinary things to do. Think about those things that maybe you wouldn't have done in the past that maybe you said, well, you know, my family's not going to be into this, uh, but I want to go do it. And look, whether it's going parasailing or miniature golfing, it, I mean, even eating by yourself is is a fun experience. I think that's the beauty of being able to go by alone. And if you don't want to be alone, you don't have to be alone because you are surrounded by, you know, fellow uh, <laughs> fellow Disney enthusiasts who are always eager to, to stri- strike up a conversation. Oh my gosh, there's so much, so many things that I do just when I'm wandering around the parks by myself. And when you're talking about the out of the ordinary stuff, all right, this is, isn't so out of the ordinary, but I really love using the single rider line and not feeling guilty that I'm not sitting with the people I'm with <laughs> sometimes. That's kind of fun. Doing some of the tours that maybe the people you normally travel with wouldn't be interested in, taking on some of the, the tours, which are a, a little bit um, out of pocket in terms of expense, but you can pick a a theme, or maybe you're really into the steam trains and someone else isn't, you can do that. Uh, People watching to me is huge. Just like you said, sitting on a bench, grabbing some popcorn, grabbing something to drink, and just kind of really enjoying the atmosphere, not being in a hurry to get to the next ride, or worrying about if everybody has everything that they need and are all taken care of. You get that opportunity to focus on you and what you enjoy about being in a Disney park alone. So, or you just get on the TTA and go round and round and round. <laughs> I mean, look, and round. I, I experienced it again for the first time. I just came back from Hong Kong Disneyland where I was very much by myself. I mean, I was a stranger in a strange land and, and I had that, you know, somewhat bit of fear about leaving the airport, which I'm sure some people probably do, not traveling internationally, but even traveling to Florida. But, you know, you certainly feel very safe. And if you read Blake's article, he'll really sort of help. Um, allay some of those fears about, you know, navigating the airport or, or getting to the park or getting around the park or just that feeling of being alone. You know, I, I, I'd never felt that way when I was in Hong Kong Disneyland. I certainly never felt that way when I was in Walt Disney World. And I very much embraced uh, the idea of being able to do whatever I want, how I wanted to with nobody sort of questioning or me feeling bad, like, oh, you know, I want to go ride this again, but I'm sure they're tired or they want to go do something else. Exactly. And that's kind of my point is it allows you just that freedom to experience it the way you want to experience it and not have to worry about everybody else around you, which is kind of a a, a little bit of a freedom. uh, Yeah, it's like having a really long me party. (laughs) Exactly. I almost started singing. I almost, I caught myself. I almost started singing me party from, from the Muppets. Oh, see, that would have been <laughs> podcast gold right there. I, I would have edited it out. Breaking a song. Come on, do it. Just do it. All right. So Jill from Ann Arbor, Chicken. Michigan says, hey, Lou, Chicken. and maybe Becky, if this is the right email maybe? for those sorts of questions. Yes, I think she means you. I am heading to Walt Disney World in the spring. 
and I'll be about five and a half months pregnant. We actually planned this on purpose, as I'm a huge fan of Disney food. I like you already. And I'm excited to be eating for two in all my favorite places. You're speaking my language. I know what you mean. I have a food baby, too. Oh, you have a real baby. Oh, wow. I just have a food baby. Um, my question is about tours. My husband and I have done the Behind the Seeds tour, but we're looking to do another one, maybe in the Magic Kingdom, especially since I won't be able to ride some of the bigger, rougher attractions. Are there any that you recommend? I've always wanted to see the tunnels under the Magic Kingdom. But I'm also a bit concerned about being on my feet all day without a break. What would you recommend? And actually, I'm going to combine this because Matthew Graycon also sent a similar email about visiting with a wife who's going to be five months pregnant and they have a 14 month old. So how do they sort of navigate, um, you know, doing the, the tours and the parks? And I will tell you, Becky, I love and I, have, I need to do another show about some of these tours. I love the tours at Walt Disney World um, from, you know, the the Wild Africa Trek to some of the Epcot tours. But I really um, I really enjoy and really favor the ones in Magic Kingdom. Now, a quick story. Um, I can relate to this question because when my wife was pregnant with our daughter, um, I took her to Walt Disney World in August to do the eight hour backstage you <laughs> magic tour. Um <laughs> Note to self and, and world, married. not recommended, not recommended. Uh, she bailed about halfway through. She was very much a trooper, but uh, the heat and the humidity and seven and a half hours of walking, that that's a long, long day. So backstage magic, while it is one that I highly recommend, and I need to redo that again because it's been so many years since I've done it. It is a seven-hour tour. Uh, you get to see the Utilidors. You get to see areas in Epcot and, and Hollywood Studios, but not one that I would uh, certainly recommend if you are um, if you are five months pregnant or certainly if you are eight months pregnant. Now, they do offer uh, one that's a little bit shorter. Uh, it's about four and a half to five hours. That is called Keys to the Kingdom. I do believe you still get to go into the Utilidors and you see some wardrobe and see some other things there. It's a lot more doable if you're pregnant. Um, certainly going not in the summer is uh, is good. Hopefully you're going early enough that the weather won't be so insanely hot and humid. But if you want to go to the Utilidors, that really is going to be your option. Uh, it's only about $79 too, as opposed yeah. to Backstage Magic, which is about 250 yeah, and one thing I was going to say, too, is Keys of the Kingdom would be perfect. And, yes, it still does go to the Utilidors as of this recording. Um, it does include lunch as well. And they are going in spring, so they're not going to – he's not going to torture his wife like apparently you did. Um, there's also other shorter options, like there's the Marceline Magic Kingdom, which doesn't go down the Utilidors, but that's about 2.5 hours, which is a little bit uh, easier on the feet. However – the key, too, is that all of the tours are also wheelchair accessible. So if you're kind of not uh, – if you're more concerned about being on your feet, you can also uh, get a chair on ECB and still do the tour. So if you like what's on that longer tour, the weather is not a factor. It's more about being on your feet than just being tired. That's an option as well. And did you know they can even do Wild Africa Track with uh, wheelchair accessible? I did not know that. I know. I learned that myself not too long ago. And it's very cool that almost, I think, don't quote me, but I think every tour they have has some level of accessibility. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I didn't know if Wild Africa Trek did, but I know it was. Yeah. And, 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 I've, and I get, maybe I should do another show on uh, an overall look at some of the tours because Undiscovered Future World, yeah, yeah. And, and some of the other ones are, are really, really good. I will tell you one other quick story. Uh, speaking of tours, years ago, I was uh, booked to I, give a tour. Um, I would give tours that would range between four and six hours, depending on the people. And obviously, I don't take. I would never take anybody to backstage areas or to the utilidors. But when I met the couple, when I when I first was talking to the couple, he says, "Oh, my wife's going to be a little pregnant," which I didn't know really what that meant. But she was very, you know, she wasn't half pregnant. She was fully pregnant. Very, yeah, ready to go. And I was like, "Um, "Dude, are you sure? Like, this is cool." But listen, you know, I'll be able to slow down and stop when we can sit down and break breaks. He's like, "Oh no, man, she's got this. Don't worry." And I'm like, and I looked over at her, and she like gave me the thumbs up, and I'm like. All right. I will tell you, she was a trooper. He was the one who was like, hey, can we take a couple of minutes? Oh, no jelly? way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, All right. Well, that takes you back to when you tortured your wife in the manner that you did. Were you right there with her? Were you carrying her along the way or did she no, I, when not she was want anything to do at, with you? When she time? hit Columbia Harbor House and tapped out, I was like, all right, peace out. I'll see you. Uh, I'll see you when I see you. Okay. Um, because I was, you know, the the little seven year old nerd in me just gets all excited. I mean, when I was whether I was taking a tour or giving a tour, like I get as equally as animated and excited. So the adrenaline kicks in, and you, you've seen my little legs go. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Run! All right, uh, let's see. Let's go over to Kristen Conzet, who says, "Hey, Lou, is there any truth?" Wait. What? I got to take you back a minute because we didn't actually talk about some of the things that Matthew was asking about. Oh, oh, that's right. Because he's got the. Um, he also yeah. he, to add. Uh, he also has the fourteen-month-old so son. So in other words, everybody's listening right now. He just did it. He just got really excited about <laughs> something and he just ran off. Like <laughs> those little legs went a flying, and now we have to like pull you back a little bit, and we need to talk a little bit about the fourteen-month-old uh, son and the nine-year-old daughter and what they can do with a pregnant wife. Go. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting to hear your <laughs> Well, this is all in your wheelhouse because I have not been pregnant, nor have I had children in in uh, in the Magic Kingdom or in. Well, actually, I've had your children in the Magic Magic Kingdom, but they're these are a little smaller, I think. Um, but I always do the recommendation of don't try to overplan your day when you have small children like that. Um, take as much opportunity to use the baby care stations. Those are so fantastic to get out of the sun, to get some supplies. Uh, and then of course using the baby swap as well. But the biggest thing is just not try it. Don't try to do it all when you have a family and, and the, the smaller kids tend to get a little bit um, uh, cranky. <laughs> Which is just the way Becky likes them. She likes little wow. kids that are nice and great. Um, <laughs> I walked right. I gave you that. You, I opened it was the such door a softball. Let Sorry. you walk through it. Yeah, um, Matthew and anybody else who's who's listening that whether you are traveling with a, uh, a a spouse or somebody in your in your family that's pregnant or not, and if you're if you're traveling to Walt Disney World with you know toddlers, infants, preschoolers, young children, whatever it may be, the best advice I can give you is actually to go to show number three hundred twenty two where we share, I have other parents come on uh, to discuss some tips and tricks and secrets to taking young children to Walt Disney World. Again, that's www.radio.com slash 322. Um, rather than me sort of just go through all those things again, we really uh, go into it in depth um, and, and, and also talking about uh, different age ranges and things that you do and, and other sort of special needs. So show 322 will give you a much uh, more in-depth answer. Okay. Now I now you're can I go off, off? You're off like <laughs> a shot again. 
Um, because Kristen Condit, believe it or not, I'm excited. She's not asking about food, but she's asking to uh, to possibly dispel, 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 dispel. What? Really, I talk for a living. Dispel a rumor and wonders: Is there any truth that the first child and family to arrive at ye old Christmas shop, do they get to decorate a tree? Have you ever heard of this before? Yes, I have heard of this before, but I don't. Is it the you don't first you don't you not you don't actually know where Ye Old Christmas Shop is? So That's Walt like, Disney World is made up oh, of four oh. theme parks, including the the Magic Kingdom, Fantasy which has a land maybe? called this Liberty Square. Uh-huh. The Old Christmas Shop, Liberty Square. It's by the it's by the yeah. big tree. It's yeah, by the- over in Tomorrowland. Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, okay, trivia question for you. This. Oh no! Trivia question for you. <clears throat> what? What once occupied the location that is now home to Yield Christmas Shop? <laughs> Loose corn dog shop? I don't. I have no idea. Wow. You you ate them all and you had to close down. I I don't know honestly. So you know that that single shop was at one point made up of three different shops. Sure. Mm. <laughs> Sure, did, I knew did that. You not, did you not know that? No, I did not know that. I did not know that. So I, I also published well, a, uh, a Liberty Square audio tour of. <laughs> uh, wait, oh, you mean the coaster I have here under my coffee? Wow. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm totally kidding. Uh, so yeah, all right. So all right. So now that I've I've gone down the rabbit hole, we have to sort of I guess have to finish the story. So. Teach at one something. point, School me. if you look at the at the Yield Christmas shop, um, you can see that it was actually made up. It's actually sort of divided up into three different shops. Well, at one point, it actually was three different shops. There was Madame Lafitte's Perfumerie. There was the Silversmith shop. And there was the Old World Antique shop, which is where. Huh? How long ago was that? A, a, many, many moons ago. Okay. So probably before my Walt Disney World time. Probably. Okay. Probably. But there you go. So there's. So anyway, the answer to your question, sorry, <laughs> wild tangent there, is yes, it is. there is actually true. It's not necessarily the first family that's in the door, so I wouldn't say to necessarily make the, uh, the, the beeline to the old Christmas shop like everybody else is going to do first thing in the morning. But uh, every day, one family is chosen to decorate the shop's magical moment Christmas tree. Yeah, and don't they have their names on it for the day or, or something on the decorations? I think that's what they did before. I believe so. Yeah, I think that's a really cool tradition, too. And, and I love that. Although I will tell you that the, the little seven-year-old boy that's been waiting 40 years, I've never been Grand Marshal in a parade. I've never been Family of the Day. I've never opened the park. I have never even been that guy or the rebel spy. Come on, man. <laughs> Hey, even I was the rebel spy once. <laughs> Jeez, you're you're so. I have a, a clearly, like I said earlier, I have a face not made for being the X of the day. So well, let's see what we can do. We'll we'll dress you up. Or That's something. all right. We'll That's right. We'll glitter you up. We'll, we'll get you some glitter magic. <laughs> it's bands. probably because I don't meet the height requirement. So probably. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So Teresa T from Peru, Illinois, says, "Lou, I've had gastric weight loss surgery." And wonder how the restaurants are at accommodating my needs. Can I order off the kids' menu or order a half-portion meal? Thank you very much. Uh, so, Teresa, 
uh, again, when you said the, the magic word there is in terms of accommodating your needs, I, I think we can both agree, Becky, that nowhere else on the planet is probably as accommodating to special needs, whether they be dietary or otherwise, than Walt Disney World, whether it's allergies or specific food requirements. But in terms of being able to order off the kids' menu, it's it's a yes with a, ca- a couple of caveats, right? There's the, the little legal disclaimer and asterisks on there. At counter service restaurants, you have no problem. You can order whatever you want. At some table service uh, locations, they might they'll let you order off the child's menu, but they may charge you the adult price, right? Because what they don't want are, are adults going in and just ordering, you know, I was gonna call them happy meals, but you know, kids <laughs> kids meals. Um, and I think that if you're using the Disney dining plan, you have to use obviously an, an adult credit, no matter what, no matter what you order. Now, yes and no, there's always a gray area with these. And the first thing that I want to tell you is they are wonderful about uh, helping people that have had this surgery. And they totally understand that you're not going to eat down the buffet because there's very little space for you to eat. So be sure to mention it when you make your reservations and when you arrive. Because different restaurants will handle it differently. And it's common for the buffets to actually charge the child's price. Uh, for this particular need. Um, Some doctors who do this surgery as well may offer you a card. And if so, take it with you because sometimes they will ask to see it. Sometimes they won't. If you don't have it, don't worry. They're not going to say, oh, you know, prove to me that you've had this. But it's it's just handy to have. But mention it at every restaurant because they can um, uh, differ on how the policy is handled. While some places may, like you mentioned, charge the adult price, others may not. So it really does uh, depend on the different restaurants. And I will uh, just quickly, speaking of going with special needs, dietary or otherwise, I'll point you back to show number 384. We talk about some 10 things you need to know when traveling to Walt Disney World with special needs. And I think, Becky, excuse me, you hit on... The important part, which is to let Disney know um, as much ahead of time as you can, whatever your special needs are, because you're right, uh, you know, 99.9% of the time they will be uh, exceptionally accommodating to whatever they may be. Right. They're great. All right, let's move over to an email from Charlie Stevens. He says, hey, Lou, hope all is well. Just want to drop a line to thank you for the wonderful work that you and your whole cast of characters, I think she means you, do on the show I especially love the shows with you and Becky. There's a question mark. You see it. Jim, Tim, and Ryan P. Wilson Matua. Anyway, here's my question. We just sat down as a family and watched the much underrated classic, The Reluctant Dragon. I'm so in trouble right now. You are totally toast. That totally should have made an honorable mention on your top 10-ish movies to watch before you visit the parks. So here's my question. Are there any tributes to this gem of the golden age of Disney in the parks? Help me, Lou Mangiello. You're my only hope. Cheers, he says, Charlie Stevens. Becky, this is all you. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, that's all me. (laughs) I I was sitting there going, he's going to talk himself right through this because he's got the 42 places that that this place exists. And honestly, I've never even seen the movie. So Uh, That that does not surprise me. And just so you know, 
I have uh, my the reluctant and my dragon. Weaknesses. All right, let, let's just. I, I didn't. I wasn't in a basement for my entire teenage. Wow. Nice. <laughs> to everybody who's seen the reluctant dragon, Becky's email is Becky at MEI just traveled. <laughs> so, um, so just sit back for a moment, uh, grab your sunken treasure and, and right. let me just educate you a little bit because the reluctant dragon, despite what you might think is not Pete's dragon. Uh, it is not Elliot. It is not a, a parade float. It's not the reluctant dragon that flew over Fantasyland a few years ago. The Reluctant Dragon is actually a film from the 40s. So I'm surprised you didn't see this because I figured you were like 10, 12 by then. So you probably would have gone. But anyway, so it was a um, a combination of live action and animation. And what was really unique about this film is it gave uh, viewers a tour of the Walt Disney Studios in Burbank. Right, so there was uh, Robert Benchley, who was a a, a film and, and and you know a film star, um, and not the, and not radio the Jaws writer, right? Yeah. Not no, that's Peter Benchley. <laughs> uh, at least uh, listen, I give you half credit just for throwing Jaws in there. Okay, um, good. But it was really neat because you know Walt Disney was obviously in it. Ward Kimball was it was in it, and it was uh, a, a part black and white, part Technicolor, and part of what they did in the film, like I said, was give. Uh, viewers a, a tour around some landmarks of the uh, of the studios and th- at one point the uh, Robert Benchley arrives at the corner of Mickey Avenue and Dopey Drive which didn't exist before they decided to make this film so they actually created that corner at the studios and they put it in the film and that was actually one of the things that is somewhat referenced in Walt Disney World, the Reluctant Dragon itself, I'm, I'm very circuitously getting to answering the question. Uh, that street sign is the only one that sort of exists at the studios. They left it there after the film was over. They created one over at the Disney MGM Studios uh, by where Mickey Avenue was. So think it's sort of now where um, Toy Story and Midway Mania, that, that section in the back of the park there. But instead of making it Mickey Avenue and Dopey Drive, they made it Mini Avenue instead. So you can find the intersection of Mickey Avenue and Mini Avenue near uh, near sort of the, the Fast Pass area uh, and the sort of the, the Woody's um, food cart over by Toy Story and Midway Mania. But it's Mickey and Minnie as opposed to Mickey and Dopey. So it still does pay reference to the sign at the studios, which takes its origins from the Reluctant Dragon. Very circuitous way to getting to the answer. But... Here's another question. Last qu- trivia question for you, Becky Mankin. Oh, I, I, what didn't? Doesn't my writer say what one, other film? Only one. What other film what? did the Reluctant Dragon make an appearance in? Uh, let me Google that. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Since I haven't even seen the Reluctant Dragon, how would I know this? Where have you seen a little ditty known as "Who Framed Roger Rabbit"? Yes. There you go. Really? Yeah. Oh, in the background, right at the very end. There were like eight thousand characters in the background, yeah. but yeah. Okay. I think and he was wonder- also. In, I think he was also in uh, some episodes of House of Mouse too. That was a very long answer. No wonder the the email bin is completely overflowing. Well, I need. I want to be thorough. <laughs> I want to be thorough because I, the the goal was to a hopefully introduce people to the reluctant dragon, right? Because I want them to see the film. Because I think he's right. It very much is um, an overlooked film, which you should be able Obviously. to get on. I know it was part of the Walt Disney Treasures. Uh, I'm sure you can get it at Disney Movies Anywhere. 
Now, um, I think it was also part of the Ichabod, the Ichabod and Mr. Toad DVD. I don't know. I know I have it. It's great. Take the time to go see it. Becky Mankin. Yes, sir. DisneyMoviesAnywhere.com. <laughs> you got it. All right. Anyway, who's your favorite Disney dragon? Favorite? Wait a minute. Forget. That's not it, just for you, you Becky You know what Mankin. it is? Listeners. Oh. Wait, before you enter. Listeners, I want you to tell me. Who is your favorite Disney dragon? I want you to tweet me, please, at Lou Mangiello. Post a picture of him and tag me on Instagram at Lou Mangiello or Facebook.com slash, you know the rest, Lou Mangiello. And tell me, who is your favorite Disney dragon? Becky Mankin, you can go ahead and answer. Mine is the one that's in the castle in Disneyland Paris. Oh, look at you. And love, I could not leave that room. It was so amazing how that dragon comes to life. And just sits there and kind of snores a little bit as it's sleeping and then it wakes up. I could not leave that room. It was amazing to watch the animatronic. I've heard I've heard she's story. beautiful. I, I've yep. heard it's beautiful. We'll uh we'll maybe have to go and see it ourselves during our group trip to Disneyland Paris and, and the UK coming soon. Anyway, just dropped a little tease. Right <laughs> I there. noticed that. Anyway, John Clark has a uh, has an important question. Finally, we're getting to a question about food. He says, Lou. I've made many, any ADRs in my life, but I'm trying to get my wife to move to Orlando. How, how, my good man, can you get a reservation as a local? I'm curious and would love to know. John, your question is not unique to you. Uh, actually, uh, Mark from San Francisco said the same thing. If, if you know you live in Orlando and if you have annual passes and you decide that you want to go and eat at, Epcot, eat at Epcot or just roll into the parks, you know, is it even possible as a local to get ADRs? And I say to you, absolutely. Now, if it's, you know, the Thursday before Easter and you're trying to get BR guests for breakfast on Easter Sunday morning, you may have a tough time, whether you are a local or you're Bob Iger. <laughs> you know, some ADRs, obviously. <laughs> but most absolutely, um, you can still, I think people who... Uh, are thinking about you know either uh, moving to Orlando or wondering how does it does it change the experience you know I, well obviously now with the ADR system and and free dining there's no way I can do walk ups there's no way I can get an ADR we do it the same as any other guest if we decide hey you know what tonight we want to go to Tepan Edo let's just see what's available you'd be surprised especially if you try and do things day of because so many ADRs get canceled in that 24 hour window. And always, uh, walking up is always an option, especially if you're willing to be a little bit more flexible on the time. So if you don't mind eating dinner, you know, at 5 o'clock or 5.30 or 8.30, um, you can certainly do walk-ups no problem. So this is actually a really interesting question because you are the local. You can also, well, you've got a pass that's connected to your My Disney experience, right? Correct. So how far in advance are you able to make reservations? So I believe because you are obviously not, you know, probably not a resort guest or you don't have an annual pass, the 180 days mark still applies. But I will tell you as a local, I have never booked an ADR six months in advance. If I book it like six hours or six minutes in advance, that's a lot for me because I think as a local, your experience changes so much uh, unless you have friends or family or, or guests coming in, you're you're not aren't necessarily planning so far in advance, it's somewhat impulsive that you'll say, hey, maybe this week or next week, why don't we go and try and, and eat at X? But um, 
otherwise you're not planning you know so you know so far in advance that you're thinking necessarily months ahead of time yeah, when you have access to the places you're going when you're local, I guess that that does change the planning cycle where when you are working with people like I am who are coming in, staying at a hotel, and then you get that benefit of having the 180 days plus 10 that you're booking at the same time, uh, you know, we're, I guess, more of a planner. <laughs> There's more need to be a planner in that scenario, I guess. And that's the beauty of living local is you can just say, hey, you know what, tonight, what do you say we go and walk through World Showcase and let's just see where we feel like eating. Um, you you don't have to plan as much. So uh, move to Orlando just for the food alone, just for the dining <laughs> flexibility that it gives you at Walt Disney World. There you go. And speaking of which, Dave has a question and he says, hey, Lou, I know you're all about the food at Walt Disney World. So I oh, now it's going to be an avalanche of food. There you go. Right? I got my, Dave, I got my stretchy pants on and my Spider-Man underoos. I am ready to tackle this question. We are heading back to the kingdom in early 2016. I'm considering a late dinner somewhere at the Polynesian and then viewing the Magic Kingdom fireworks from its beach area. Where would you recommend a family with two teenagers, 15 and 17, eat? 15 and 17, I'd probably say an all-you-can-eat buffet, but would Trader Sam's be appropriate? Also, we are staying at the French Quarter. What would our transportation options to get to the Polynesian to the French Quarter be? Thank you for your time and expertise. All right, let's handle the uh, the basic parts first in terms of getting from the Polynesian to the French Quarter. Obviously, getting from French Quarter to the Polynesian is easy. You can take a bus over to Magic Kingdom. You can actually walk from the Transportation Ticket Center or take the monorail. In terms of getting back, that's when things get a little bit more complicated. Um, you know, you can... Take the bus system. What I would actually recommend is uh, I would grab an Uber. Um, I would actually grab an Uber in terms of, especially if if you're concerned about time or you're going to be waddling your way out of whatever restaurant that you're in. Uh, oftentimes, rather than taking a bus and, and potentially having to stop at a number of different resorts, I would just um, open up my phone and just grab an Uber or a taxi. Yeah, if you didn't want to spend the money, though, it's, it is a really short walk from the Ticket Transportation Center over to the poly. Right, but he's trying to get back. They're trying to get from the poly back to French Quarter. That's where the issue runs. Yeah, but then you can walk over back to the Ticket Transportation Center and then hop on the bus there and go back to the resort, right? Yeah, but I'm so tired from eating so much food at Trader Sam's. (laughs) Have you seen me eat, woman? Yes, yes. Watch so far just keep away. all hands and legs away from. Like if you're doing Ohana, don't even think about it. We need one of those chairs from Wally that you just sort of hop on one of the chairs and you just float back to your room. Yeah. So if you're if it's time that you're worried about and you don't uh, care about spending the extra money, Uber or a taxi is the easiest way of getting from point A to point B anywhere on property. When the poly is so close to the ticket transportation center for the buses are still running and you want to save the money and maybe walk off a little bit of all of that uh, sushi that you've just Listen, baby, this body, this body doesn't happen naturally. I work hard at this and I try to limit. My I'm so glad you've embraced it. So it's, it's good to know. Um, so, in, yeah. Yeah. So in terms of places to eat, right? So you've got two, you've got a family with two teenagers, 15 and 17 would Trader Sam's be appropriate? Absolutely. Uh, Trader Sam's is a lot of fun. I know everybody loves inside in terms of the theming and, and the story, and it's almost like a, a little miniature show. I actually, Dave, the, the, the play that I like the most is I like to sit outside of Trader Sam's. Now, mind you, if you're going in the middle of August and it's super hot and humid, it might not be as comfortable, but you're going in you know, early spring 2016, so... 
You can go sit outside at Trader Sam's. You have access to the full bar menu, uh, and actually, and, and actually, you get access to an additional drink that you cannot get inside. <gasps> I didn't know that. Oh yeah. Oh. You see that? Now I'm speaking your language. But you also not only do you get access to the full food menu, but you could walk next door to Captain Cook's, right. grab some stuff like the meatballs and the chicken and waffles. Bring that over. You got the tiki torches. You got the the sounds of the waterfall from the pool. There's usually somebody outside playing live Hawaiian music. You time it just right. You got a little sunset action, and then bang, you walk over, hit the beach, and then watch the fireworks. And don't forget to stay for the electrical water pageant. Yeah, exactly. I was actually going to say Captain Cook's as well because Trader Sam's is wonderful, and that is the plan A. That's definitely plan A. But you know how crowded. And how difficult it sometimes is to get a spot on Trader Sam's, even out on the patio. So you may want to consider those that plan B option of either Captain Cook's and hop, popping in there and grabbing something quick to eat and then going out or hovering over some poor person out on the patio to, to grab their table when it comes available. Or you can also look at ADR at Ohana or Ohana, Kona Cafe. Yeah. Oh, Kona and, Cafe. I know. <gasps> See? Ay, Dios mio with the sushi. Didn't you just hear me when I said stay out of the way when you eat sushi? Because that's exactly – that is one of the best sushi locations um, in that general area. And but, I was I was half – all right. I was three-quarters joking, maybe a third joking, about two, teener, two teenagers yeah. of food. Like, Ohana. Ohana. Like especially if you got two young boys, they you leave hungry at Ohana. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. So what I would suggest, I guess, is get a an ADR at Ohana, have – a wonderful meal, then head down to Trader Sam's and have a beverage, like the after after dinner <laughs> beverage to hang out until it gets close to that water pageant fireworks time and then head down to the beach. Uh, of course, I, I knew you were going to say that. I, I knew you were going to get a cup. By the way, the kids are 15 and 17. Just Again, the, they don't have to drink. I am not forcing the children to <laughs> So you're to saying, drink. See, once again, saying. you're making the assumption that because you have children, you're going to need a drink. Pretty much. Yeah. Isn't that what you always said? Oh God! You know oh. I love? No, the, I'm thinking about Ohana. I, I'm so past that. I'm thinking about like the pork dumplings, right, and the sweet and sour no. chicken and all the meats. And it just keeps coming and with coming the, with and the, coming, and it never oh, stops. That that peanut sauce and the noodles. I I could eat I those been noodles. There in a while. Don't don't you think we need to do a live? I think we do. I was gonna say I think we need to do a live restaurant review there. Got like, it. Like where you need to wear stretchy pants or a muumuu and go to. <laughs> At least you're well themed in a muumuu. <laughs> I mean, come on, it is. It's. Uh, I have a Polynesian. Well I have a, a, a Hawaiian muumuu. That's what I wear when I go. I want to see you in a Hawaiian muumuu. No, I, I trust, will pay for you know dinner if you wear a Hawaiian muumuu. You, you, you don't. You don't want to see this. So, <laughs> um, all right. The next question comes from Laura oh, from that one really Providence, fast. Rhode Island. Because mm-hmm. I'll stick. I'll stay on food forever. Laura says, hey, Lou, thanks so much for doing an incredible job on the podcast. Laura, thank you for listening. I love listening with my one-year-old son to give us a little bit of Disney magic at home. I'm telling you, play the show for him late at night, knock the kid right out. Anyway, uh, when the theme song comes on, he always smiles and does a little dance. Oh, my God, I want to see a video of that. My husband and I will be taking him on his first trip to Disney World later on this year, and we could not be more excited. A big part of a Disney vacation for us is ding, ding, ding. I didn't plan this. It's food. You did it again. I did not do this on purpose. Anyway, <laughs> a while back, I listened to your podcast Pause. about the Brown Derby Lounge, and it sounds amazing, especially the sliders. If it sounds good, you need to eat there, Laura. Anyway, 
We would love to go there for lunch on our Hollywood Studios day, but we're not sure how it would work with a baby. I believe you mentioned that there are mostly high top tables there with just a couple of low tables. If we're there in Janu- if we're there for lunch, it would probably be slow enough for us to snag one of the low tables. Or do you have any other suggestions for us? Thanks again, Laura. So yeah, Hollywood Brown Derby Lounge, I am a huge, huge fan of. It is just outside on the patio area which is now covered by an awning uh, on the side of the Hollywood Brown Derby. They don't take ADRs. It is completely a walk-up. I believe they still open at noon and uh, and have a single all-day menu there. There are probably, and I'm trying to just go on memory, maybe six or so uh, regular dining tables that have four or five chairs each. It's usually not overly difficult to get them. Again, if you're trying to get it on July 4th, it may be a little more difficult. You are going earlier in the year. Um, If it's not a holiday weekend or if you try going during the week, you should be able to grab one. And normally the turnover time is not excessively long there. You know, it's not like when Lou and Becky go out to California Grill for six hours. The the tables turn over relatively quickly. But uh, by all means, by all means, get the derby sliders. The Wagyu beef with the cognac mustard aioli, smoked Gouda cheese. You get the one with the duck confit and that that sweet onion and the crispy leeks. Ay, ay, ay. I have not had the pleasure of dining there. So now you've got me. We got to go there first. So we got to go there for lunch. We got to go back, Kate. And then uh, we go to Ohana for dinner. This is just, we need to do a breakfast, lunch, and dinner live review show. Yeah, but we can't. If you're going to do Ohana, you got to do Ohana right. Like you need to pace yourself before Ohana. Like you don't want to go to Ohana's and like, yeah, I could eat. You want to be like, oh, I'm ready to eat. Like you want to stick it to the man at Ohana. Says the guy who went through a three-foot pile of sushi in 2.5 seconds. <laughs> I do love my sushi. Yeah, but while I do love my sushi, uh, the Brown Derby Lounge, I called it the best theme park restaurant in Walt Disney World that you probably have never tried, and I, and I will stick by that. I, I will certainly stick by that. I did a live review back on show 365, so if you haven't heard it, warning, disclaimer, do not... Do not listen hungry. You will curse me, I promise you, uh, because the food is exceptional. It's a great experience. And I think because it's, I mean, it's relatively new, probably within the last year or so, but it's not, I mean, you you can walk right by it, Becky, and not even realize that it's a separate Mm -hmm. entrance then. You, You don't walk into the Brown Derby entrance in order to eat there. There's a side entrance from the courtyard by um, Starring Rolls Bakery. Right. And it seems like it's just an outdoor seating area for Brown Derby. So a lot of people do pass that up unless you go on the other side. So um, one of the reasons why I haven't had the the joy yet of the sliders, which I guess I'm going to have to add to my list. So here is here's a question for you, Becky. And maybe you can use this as your answer. And here's a question for you, the listeners. So listeners, you have two questions this week. One, what is your favorite Disney dragon? And two, what is the one restaurant in Walt Disney World that you've never eaten at but are desperate to try? And Becky, wow. I'm going to leave yours as the Brown Derby Lounge because I know it's not normal. You prefer to have the white glove treatment and it's exceptional. You still, you, I will tell you, you also do have access to the entire Brown Derby menu. Don't hesitate to ask for the full Brown Derby menu because they and, will bring and it out. And the full service bar too, right? And, uh, boy. You can also get a, you can also get a half portion of the um, uh, of the Cobb salad if you want. 
you can. Oh, oh we're yeah. going. Oh, we're going. That is the best thing ever in that entire park is that half cobs out. You haven't had, you haven't had Check with the, the sliders. derby sliders. Oh, well, I guess I'm we'll have to get, saying. I guess we'll have to have a, an order of sliders. And you get a little uh, margarita flight with the mango and pomegranate margarita or the summer sangria. That's really nice, too. That's a nice, that's a nice afternoon right there. I am. This is not fair when I'm 2,500 miles away and you can like hang up on me and go have. Or you a want to non-alcoholic? You get the pineapple nojito, with the mint and the lime and the agave and the pineapple. That's. I mean, that's a nice, refreshing thing. That complements <sighs> your derby slider, and then maybe you get your mini grapefruit cake, or your banana toffee cake. You're going to gonna do this again, out. aren't you? You are going to just like drop the mic and run off like a shot and go get like. Sliders. So I want to thank Becky Mankin for joining us this week. I am on my way to the, as a local, I can do that. I can go right now as I'm going to, to the Hollywood Brown Derbies. Yeah, you know I how should, much of us hate you right now? I should change that? my, uh, I should change out of my st- stretchy pants and uh, Spider-Man moo moo. So, wait, my stretchy pants and my Spider-Man underoos, but. <laughs> the Spider-Man um, moo moo? I dare you. I dare you. <laughs> Team underoos, baby. Anyway, if you want to come and check out Ohana, or you want to go to Blue Zoo, or the Brown Derby, or stay at the Polynesian, or French Quarter, two of my favorites, by the way, or anywhere in between, Becky and her team of amazing agents uh, can certainly help you out. Please go and visit them over at mousefantravel.com. They're also out at mousefantravel on the Twitter, and you can find them over on Facebook as well. And Becky, I promise you um, that when you come to Disney World next, um, bring your, your walking shoes and bring your stretchy pants because we will hit Ohana. We will hit the Brown Derby Lounge as, many of the, as well as many of the other restaurants that we have on an ever-growing list. Yep, and all I can see in my head in this whole off like a shot, I just see you as little bean bunny running off like a shot. Don't forget, listeners, tell What's me that? your favorite Disney dragon and the one restaurant you've never been to but can't wait to try. Chances are you might see me there. Trivia question of the week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World history or see how well you pay attention to the details, not just in what you see, but sometimes in what you hear. If you think you know the answer, you can enter via email for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Before we get to this week's question, let's go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week was obviously all at Hong Kong Disneyland, and the one attraction I didn't get to ride that I really wanted to was the Hong Kong Disneyland Railroad. And on the railroad line, there are three locomotives, the Walter E. Disney, the Roy O. Disney, and your question last week was to tell me what was the name of the third locomotive. Again, thanks to the hundreds of you who entered and got this one correct, and no, 
that it is the Frank G. Wells, who was the company's president from about 1984 to 1994, alongside Michael Eisner. I took all the correct entries, randomly selected one, and again, last week you were playing for the 102 Ways book or all seven of my virtual audio walking tours where I offered you door number two, which was a WW Radio Magic Band cover and a Hong Kong Disneyland map and a mystery prize from the souvenirs I brought home from Hong Kong Disneyland. It could be a pin, a plush, a pen, a Tsum Tsum. Who knows? I decided to do neither and instead give you both. I'm going to give you both prize packages. And last week's winner, randomly selected, is... Angelique Crane. So, Angelique, congratulations. Please send me your address. I will get your package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So, for this week's trivia contest, there is no backstory. There is no setup. It's a simple question. Tell me, where in Walt Disney World can you find the hole in the wall? You have until Sunday, April 3rd at 11.59 p.m. In order to enter, you email your answer to contest at www.radio.com and I'm going to offer you the same prize package once again. I'm going to send you the 102 Ways book, all the audio tours, a Magic Band cover, a Hong Kong Disneyland map, and a Hong Kong Disneyland mystery prize. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in this and every week. Don't forget that if you have a question you want me to answer on the show, you can email me, lou at www.radio.com. And also don't forget to send me the answer to our questions of the week, which is one, who is your favorite Disney dragon? And two, what Walt Disney World restaurant have you never been to but really want to try? Tweet me, Facebook me, Instagram me. I'm at Lou Mangello on all those. And hopefully you will connect with me on those social channels as well. Of course, you know, as much as I love connecting with you online, I think that nothing beats a handshake and a hug. So please visit the events page at www.radio.com or on Facebook and find about upcoming meets of the month in Walt Disney World or special events on the road. Our next meet of the month is going to be Saturday, April 16th. That is the Star Wars Half Marathon Weekend. We are going to meet from 1 to 3 p.m. at the American Adventure Outdoor Seating Area over by the Liberty Inn Please come by, say hi, come alone, bring the kids, bring the whole family. would love to get a chance to uh, meet you and say thank you to you in person. I also have upcoming events on the road. I'm going to be in Iowa April 4th through the 6th. And stay tuned for more details about our Chicago event in July. Saturday, June 4th, I'm going to be speaking at the Orlando Ed Camp Magic Conference and our big e-ticket adventure. There is still room to join us on November 4th in New York and then on the Disney Magic from New York to Puerto Rico with a couple of days and some events in Puerto Rico as well. And speaking of speaking, to find out how I can come speak to your school, to your business, or at your conference, visit the speaking page over at lumangelo.com. Big thanks to my partners and sponsors, including, of course, Becky Mankin from Mouse Fan Travel. Check her out over at mousefantravel.com and get Celebrations Magazine delivered to your doorstep or your digital device by visiting celebrationspress.com. And as always, my friends, and you are my friends, whether we have met yet or not, all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Tell your friends. Tweet out that you're listening. Share links over on Facebook. That's so helpful. And most importantly, please take 30 seconds. Go to iTunes and rate and review the show there. 
thanks to you, we have more than 1,100 five-star reviews. We hit number two overall among every podcast in iTunes. I want to thank some recent reviewers like Frank C. 38, Leo Caitlin 2014. Ziyamo says, Lou makes it easy to stay hungry. Don't listen hungry. You know that. Uh, Lolo Wynn from Canada, living in China, says, Lou, if you read these, and I read every one of them, thank you so much for making my commute to and from work so enjoyable. Thank you for lighting the fires of excitement for me. It's going to get me through the next four months of teaching. Seriously. Uh, Lola Wynn, thank you very much. Thanks, Disney, AJB, and Brian and Brittany Becker. Say that three times fast. To leave a review or get instructions on how to do so, visit www.radio.com slash iTunes or just visit iTunes and do a search for WDW Radio. And finally, and most importantly, I need to once again say thank you to you. Uh, Without you, I would be unable to do what I do and share my passion for Disney with you through the show and so many other ways. And for that, I am grateful beyond uh, how I can express to you. If you would have told me 10 years ago that this is what I would be able to do every day and that I would hopefully have somewhat of a positive impact on the lives of others by sharing my passion for Disney. I wouldn't have believed that that was possible. Um, But in the spirit of the season, whether you celebrate Easter or just celebrate the fact that it's the weekend, uh, I've really become aware that just amazing things are happening all the time and, and miracles, whether you believe both big and small, happen every single day, whether it's a a baby being born or just a small positive moment in your daily life, they're happening all around you. And sometimes you just need to alter your perception and definition of what miracles really are and then recognize them and appreciate them and believe that they can happen for you. And if you need a miracle, start by being a miracle for somebody else. And uh, you have done that for me because I'm leading a miraculous life thanks to the love and the friendship and the support that you continue to give me. So for that, thank you so much. Didn't mean to start waxing so poetic, but I am just trying to make you understand how grateful I really am. And I want you to lead a life that you dream of. So until next time, whether you tune in on Wednesday nights, and I hope that you do over on Facebook or next week's show, I hope that you have an amazing day and a a truly miraculous week ahead. Thanks so very much for listening. So until next time, See ya. Hey, Lou, this is Todd from Texas with my family of five. Say hi, Lou. Hi, Lou. <laughs> they sound a little worn out because we just got off the Disney Dream from our four-day, five, or I'm sorry, five-day, four-night cruise out to the Bahamas. I want to thank you very much for all the suggestions and things that you give us and all the reviews from the cruise line. And have a magical day. Bye, Lou. Bye. Bye. <laughs> well, howdy doody, Lou Mangiello. It's Justin, also known as J-Man 410, in the box. I hope you enjoyed your Star Wars at Sea with the gang and the New Orleans. And lots more, much more with the running team. Keep doing what you do, Mr. Mangello. And, all right, hope to see you again real soon, Lou. Take care now, Lou. Have a nice day. With great power, there must also always be great responsibility. But I know it now. And so long as I live, Spider-Man will never shirk his duty again.
Robbers, killers, beware. Spider-Man is here. Thus, a legend is born. As a new name is added to the roster of those who make the world of fantasy the most exciting realm of all.